Hello there and welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm Sarah from Sarah Faruya Coaching and this is the Legends Podcast. I believe there are many, many ways to lead a life and everybody has stories and I want to tell them and share them. These legends are a collection of people who I have found during my 20 years in Tokyo and before. All of them are brilliant people and when I became bored with reading another billionaire's biography, I thought I want to tell the stories of the people who I meet who are absolutely fascinating but you won't see on your regular podcast interview. They have overcome obstacles, both systemic and internal, and we cover all kinds of things from creativity, grief, racism, business, disaster, loss, trolling, infertility, farming, eating disorder, eco-feminism, and more. We have elite athletes, people who live on Zen temples in remote parts of Japan, BBC newscaster to Taekwondo champion. Please enjoy these amazing stories from what they've overcome, from what they've built, from what they've created, from the way that they talk. I'm just delighted thinking about it. So please get stuck in and enjoy this next legend. Hello, everybody, and welcome, welcome, welcome <laughs> to this, the Legends podcast with me, Sarah Faruya from Sarah Faruya Coaching. I'm so, so, so thrilled today. I believe there are many, many ways to lead a life and everybody has stories and I want to tell them. And have I got an amazing guest for you today? And this picture is a little hinter as to what amazing Ai Fataki does. Hi, Ai. Hello. Lovely to see you. Thank you for having me. It's so great. And this is the first time for a very, very long time that I'm doing this live and in person. And it's so nice to have I round to their house. Of course, we're almost two years into the COVID yeah. pandemic now, mm. and our numbers are so low in Kanagawa. I actually lives around the corner to me. We both are kind of mermaids, but she's a real mermaid. <laughs> and I'm kind of like an amateur mermaid. Nah. <laughs> I'm an old mermaid. So it's just so brilliant to have her here. And um, she lives around the corner here in Hayama. We both about an hour south of Tokyo. We just love living here, don't yeah. we? Yes. So beautiful. Mm. We're both ocean lovers. So mm -hmm. a little bit about I before we get stuck in here. So I mm -hmm. is the double free diving Guinness world record holder. And as mm -hmm. the ocean ambassador of ministry environment of the government of Japan, I is one of the very few people in the world who conveys the splendors of the sea to us mm -hmm. in so many ways. And by representing the aquatic calm and realm in a way that the world has never seen, I highlight the mm -hmm. meaning and expression of the human water connection. Her films are featured on television programs, commercials, exhibitions around the world. And in 2019, she had her first exhibition as a photographer in Madrid and in Tokyo. And this is from that exhibition. Mm -hmm. And I nearly bought the one that's like three times the size of that, but I settled on the medium sized one in the end. I love <laughs> it so much. So Guinness free diving world record holder. So with Finn's 100 meters cave dive and without Finn a 90 meter cave dive. And we will link to this uh, YouTube video below because I've watched it over and over and over again, and I still get nervous when I'm watching it, even though I know she's alive. <laughs> so it's pretty amazing. She's collaborated with Isemayaki. Um, she's been featured on NHK with Sony. She was the TED World Talent Search Japan finalist. She's done a TEDx Tokyo on the water connection. 
Red Bull Extreme Free Diving. She's sat in baths of ice with Wim Hof. <laughs> and she's a Kit Kat collaborator. Can we show the Kit Kats? So this is amazing. Kit Kats with all her photographs on from this latest exhibition, which was called Nakaima here and now. And I just bought another piece, but I don't have it yet, in the famous Tokyo shopping district of Ginza, where she had her exhibition. And I love the photograph that I bought from there, but I think I'm gonna send it to my brother and his husband for Christmas because it's got special meaning for them and they'll see <laughs> if they see it. So that's amazing. <laughs> She's also fluent in Spanish. Hola. <laughs> English and of course, native uh, Japanese. Any other languages? I was speaking French. Oh really? But now yeah, Spanish took it over. Uh -huh. I can imitate that I can speak Thai. Okay. Bahasa. <laughs> and I look like a little right? So. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Filipino, Tagalog. Yeah. <laughs> so you can fake being from other countries. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I think that's how I survived, you know? Yeah. In other countries by myself. Amazing. So let's get into it. So tell me a story that had an impact you on you or changed your life. Well, I always do things and because I never want regret that all I wish I have done. Mm -hmm. So I always do things that I want to do. And I rather say that, okay, this is not for me. And then I go for it. Mm -hmm. Or, okay, this is for me. And then I keep doing it. Mm -hmm. So that's how, you know, my life lead to here. Mm -hmm. But professional-wise, turning point would be Telex Tokyo, TED. Okay. Yeah, because before that, I kind of, knew what I want to do, but it was not clear enough. Mm -hmm. But by preparing my speech, that got like, you know, deep into, into it, I dove into my thought and my feelings and why and how and everything. And I got clear myself. So when I'm clear, I can share clearly. And then I believe that reach to the people more deeply, I believe. Mm. So the story is that you did your TEDx talk and that made you examine yourself really deeply. Mm -hmm. And from there, you understood yourself more clearly. And that yeah. was a turning point. Why I'm doing it. Amazing. 2012, that was, wasn't it? Yeah. And what did you discover was your why when you deep dove into mm -hmm. that? Well, I'm not like free diving for myself. Mm -hmm. I'm doing it to share the world from underwater. And... Because, you know, when we live here on land, we just see the surface of the ocean or of the water. And then we think everything is okay, but it's not. And then they have their life underwater. And, you know, so little that we know from there, we don't connect ourselves. But without the ocean, we cannot breathe. Without the ocean, we cannot have the clothes, we cannot have food, nothing. So even though it's invisible, everything's connected. And I want to share that from underwater because that's, I believe, where I belong to. Mm. But even though I'm, okay, I'm human and I have to breathe. <laughs> <laughs> right, so. Part, part human, part whale. Yeah. My husband sometimes calls me a whale. <laughs> Could you not? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but he says it lovingly. Yeah. So yeah, I love that. And this is such a great example of, this is a snake in Okinawa, right? Mm. Amami Island. Amami Island, which yeah. is off Kyushu, which is yes, the, yes, the, uh, off the uh, Kagoshima, Kagoshima, but close to Okinawa. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, mm -hmm. no, and um, that's 
Kyushu is one of the four main islands of Japan, the most southerly one, mm -hmm. has a very tropical climate and there's beautiful mm -hmm. islands down there that yeah. I've spent my last two summers on. Oh, nice. So yeah, <laughs> I love that as well. And I just think also, I really love this idea that if you do a TED talk, mm -hmm. that you you get to know yourself better. And I think that's certainly been the case for me as well. Whenever I have to do a presentation mm -hmm. or something like that, especially if it's about myself, mm -hmm. it makes you examine yourself yeah. and really decide what you're going to present. Right. And that maybe is a good kind of clue for people who are watching or listening as well, is that you could pretend to do your TED talk or yeah. plan your own TED talk. Mm -hmm. And then well, do learn. the mind map. Oh, yeah. That helps a lot too. Yeah. Yeah, we love a good mind map. Did you know I used to be the mind go-to mind mapping lady in Tokyo? Oh, really? Yes! <laughs> mind maps all the time. Really yep, oh, I do wicked. them in my business. Anyhow, oh, nice. so let's move on. Thanks for sharing that story with us, um, I. So why don't you tell me about your background, your ancestry, your childhood? Right, so... Well, I started swimming since I was three years old. Mm -hmm. So I do not remember when I started, but I was always in the water. And I think everything starts from my primary school. I'm from Ishikawa, which is not so, well, maybe big city, but um, the other side of Tokyo. And they had only one private school. And that was a Christian school. And uh, all the foreigners who lived in that Ishikawa prefecture, came to that school and then the school was on top of the mountain only one class for six years so you know it was like kind of a big family and in my class within 23 students there were like five to eight foreigners all the time so before I know who is Japanese who is foreigner they were all together before I know what is Japanese what is English we had an English class you know, as a conversation, as a play. So I didn't have the boundary. Mm -hmm. And it was nice, you know, like a freedom, you know, open atmosphere. So it was kind of like international school here in Japan. So that was great. But then I went to junior high school, public Japanese school. Mm -hmm. It got, you know, 10 classes in one grade. And suddenly I was not who I am. I must be part of them you know, part of in the box. So let's say even though this is phone, but if the teacher says this is computer, it becomes computer, which I didn't get it. And then if you ask to each of them, they say this is phone. They know that. But when the teacher asked that, you know, the answer got something else and which I didn't get it. And then I thought that must change. I must do something for it. So my first idea of doing what I am, like was I have to change this way of thinking and to do something from inside of Japan won't do things. So I have to go outside of Japan and then bring that back, you know, and somehow Japanese trust or believe or they love more that things come from outside of Japan. So <laughs> that's why, yeah, everything started, I think. And then I did exchange students mm -hmm. from junior high school. And then in high school, I went one year exchange student to uh, Quebec, Canada. And that was because just speaking English was not enough, I thought. And I wanted to learn something else. And I don't know why, but that was French. And it's not France, it's Quebecois, but, you know, at least something else. And yeah, from there, 
I tried to find my way. And yeah. Wow, that's <laughs> quite a story there. You've just really helped. Like I've been in Japan for 20 years now, mm. but whenever I have these conversations with people, more information comes out to me. So I love that story you told there about it's a computer and you're like, no, no, it's a phone. It reminds me of the um, story, The Emperor's New Clothes. Do you know this story where, Not okay. Much. So basically there's a story where the emperor is told by somebody that he's got the most amazing outfit on, uh-huh. but he's naked. And all the all the people in the town are like, we love right. your new, your amazing new robes. We love your new robes. And he's like, yes. And everybody's clapping. And one kid, that's you, goes, excuse me, he's naked. <laughs> and then they are like, right. Yeah. And then the story goes on like that. And yeah, I've yeah. always thought in Japan, mm. it's I have to yeah. be very careful when I say lovely new robes. And when I say he's <laughs> got no clothes on. Right. And that's exactly what you just said there, right? Yes. Yeah. And then you said, like, people trust things that come out of Japan because you're allowed to treat them as they are. So you're allowed to say, no, no, if it comes from outside, you're allowed to say, no, no, that's wrong. It's something else. Right. But if it comes from inside, you have to keep it as it is. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. I think something like that. Yeah, something like that. It's a really interesting, like, I had to learn this when I came here, but you had to unlearn, you (laughs) relearn. Both. Yeah, Yeah. 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 So that explains a lot to me. Yeah. about you and why <laughs> I never knew this story before this is why I right. love doing this yeah. show is because I get to learn things about people mm-hmm. and really kind of understand them right. better and understand Japan better and understand myself better and understand <laughs> the world better and now we're going to understand the sea better so where did your love of water come from then well it was not just love but well always when I choose the country or place where I want to learn English or other languages I was always choosing the place where there's the ocean or there's the beach. Mm -hmm. So without knowing it, I was always picking those places. But it's not just because I like it or I love it, because I feel that's where I should belong to. That's, yeah, where is my place, I think. You know, it's so interesting you should say that me and my brother were the same. Yeah. Yeah, we were raised by the sea because we live near Liverpool, but just on the other side of Liverpool. Uh So our beaches looked out into the Irish Sea. Mm-hmm. And, but when we went on holiday anywhere, like we were the first ones to whip our clothes off. And like, <laughs> you know, I can remember jumping into rivers when I was like eight, okay. like from high up stones. You know, my mm-hmm. dad would be like, yay, good, go, good, go on. We're so cold, you know, when it's so cold, you're like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, uh, but my mum was always like, docky docky she yeah, was always yeah, yeah, like sure. oh my god what's going on because she yeah, didn't swim daughter. too well yeah <laughs> right but like and then we were always the last people out especially my brother like until our hands were wrinkled and you know we just right. loved it just right, loved right. it yeah so you feel like it's not a love of water it's actually that you feel that much connection to yeah. it the way I should be that's where you should be mm. then tell me about the transition you make from when you're on land to when you get into the sea I don't know but I think somehow my switch got on. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Because in the water, vibration travels four times faster. And in nature, you know, think and act are too late. So I usually leave my brain on the side and then I get, you know, that sensitive, more, you know, more, more sensitive. And even just a little difference, a little thing, I can, you know, like feel it or notice it. And then I act, you know, for that. So the transition is when I touch the water, I think. (laughs) Yeah. 
I guess I know. I mean, I haven't been in the sea for a few weeks, but when I'm in there, like everything goes away. Everything, mm. like if I've got a hangover, it goes right, away. Right. If I'm if I'm feeling super like stressed and my mind's really like mm. active, yeah, that goes away. Right. And yeah. it's a different kind. I mean, I don't spend as much time in the water as you, but I just really yeah. get that. Right. I get that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's really mother ocean, right? Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure, for sure. Mm. So how? So tell me about your kind of your journey with this. Then, when did you first realize this is where I belong? Mm. And you were choosing all these different places. And how did you get into free diving? Right. <laughs> um. Well. Um. So. Well, first, you know, my idea was I have to change the Japanese people's mind. So first, um, I thought the documentary would be the best way mm-hmm. to do. So I tried to be a documentary director. But then I got the question, what is documentary? Because when you see like things like this, from here, it will be like, um, you know, not, not square, how you uh, rectangle. Mm. But when you see from here, it's circle, yeah. but it's the same thing. So it's all, all depend on, you know, your point of view. And then I... I was not sure what is true. And then if you work for someone, you have to do things in a short time. And then maybe I have to do things which is are not right or which I'm not, you know, like believing. So I cannot do things and do forth as a true. I cannot share that. Oh. So I thought, oh, then maybe documentary, I will make one when really I have to say something. And then that time I was studying, well, filming in Cuba, but my grandmother died. So I had to come back to Japan. And in Japan, I tried, maybe there's another way to do the documentary, but it was all the same. And that year when I was 21 or 2021, all the bad things that you can imagine happened. And then I kind of closed myself and I cut all the connection. But then after like a month or so, I thought I'm still young and I cannot end my life like that. Mm. And then somehow I got intuition that I have to go back to the water. And I was like, okay, then what's the thing that I never done before? And that was scuba diving, you know, going down with the tank. Mm. And even though I'm low, but when I decide something, my <laughs> really quick. So within a week, I was in Honduras because Honduras was the cheapest place in the world to get a certification and things. And that point, my Spanish was not that good yet. So I didn't want to lose the Spanish. So I went to Honduras. And the first time that I went totally underwater, I felt this is it. This is where I should be. And that's how I started my underwater life. But because I'm going down with the tank, when you breathe, there's sound. And when you exhale, there's a sound of bubbles. So I can stay underwater long and I can observe things, but all the fish run away. So this loneliness that I felt in Japan or this outsider that I felt in Japan, I also felt in the water. So like, okay, there's no place that, you know, I can belong to. But somehow a friend of mine asked me if I wanted to try freediving. 
And that time I was in Mexico, I was working there for like five years. And then I was like, I need a break. I need a vacation. And that free diving course was in Thailand. So I was like, that's good. Let's go to Thailand. And I went to Thailand. And then when I did free diving, boom, another boom. That's yeah. it. Because free diving is same as whales, same as dolphins, same as turtles. So I can be in the water as same as them. So I can be one of, you know, in the water. So I can truly share, you know, how they are in the water most, you know, like natural way, you know, not like defensive way that, you know, they used to do with the human. So that's how I started freediving. Wow. <laughs> wow. So many questions. This is so amazing. So first of all, yeah, I like the way you were just like, so I was in Cuba. <laughs> Why were you in Cuba when you were 20? <laughs> Well, uh, when I did this exchange student in Quebec, uh-huh. I was in Montreal, Montreal, and the school was like the school of immigrants. So from 50 or from 80 countries. And that was really interesting because in the class, everybody was speaking in French, Quebecois. But then uh, during the break time, they speak their own languages. Uh-huh. And that was really curious, really interesting. And when you go to their house, you know, um, if the, the friend is from Greece, the house is totally, you know, like Greek and the food is that. Yeah. And Moroccan. Well, and there I got really good friends with the, the people from El Salvador. Ah. And I felt how warm they are and how helpful they are because they know how hard it is to live in another country, the country where you cannot speak their language. So I got really good, like a strong connection with them. And then I wanted to speak or, or communicate with them with their language. And that's where my Spanish you know, interest came from. And when I was in Montreal, I went to Cuba for winter vacation. And there I had that time, I had bad time with the host mother. Mm. And then I was crying, crying, crying in Cuba. And then the lady who is cleaning, you know, the room, she called me, you know, the, the room that she just cleaned. For sure, she was busy, you know, but she took time and then, you know, like listening to my story, even though we are not, you know, speaking the same language. And then there I thought, oh, you know, how sweet, you know, people are in Cuba. And I wanted to go to Cuba. <laughs> so, yeah, that's how my interest came to Cuba. So you're just always following your, yeah. you're just always following the kind of, yeah, yeah, you mentioned yeah. intuition as well. Yeah. So this is download, I should do this. Yeah. But also there's this kind of interest. Yes. And you're following the warmth. Yeah. Maybe following a belonging or a sense of maybe something. I don't know. I've just written down the word belonging outside because that's how I manage my life in Japan as well. I find okay. my people. Yeah. Because of course, I'm always soto, which means outsider mm. in or gaikokujin. Like right. I'm always outsider in Japan. Right. And there's no, like, I cannot leave my house without being like I can't disguise myself put it that way <laughs> but whereas my husband obviously he can disguise himself even though he's unusual too because he's married to me mm. you know so it's that kind of I always find where I belong outside and I guess that's why I've attracted to people like you as well because mm. we're all kind of outsiders yes. but we find our place and I'm never trying to fit into Japan the only thing I'm trying to do is know when I should say right that's not a that's not a phone 
oh yes it, that's right <laughs> and when I'm gonna go actually yeah. I think it probably is a phone <laughs> maybe <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm finding that line right yeah, yeah. The other thing that I wanted to notice was, oh, yeah, that's interesting. You're talking about all these different people's houses you go to and you, yeah. Greece. Exactly the same. My last long legend, um, Petra, okay. she's from Montreal. OK, okay she okay. said exactly the oh, same really? thing. Yeah, she said, I lived in Montreal. And because like yeah. all lots of immigrants or, yeah. or first or second or third generation yeah. people tend to get together yeah. in the school yeah, yeah, yeah right. um, versus the European Canadians. So it, so she said like, she said exactly the same. She was like, I'd go into my Greek friends' houses, Greek Orthodox stuff everywhere. Yeah, yeah, I'd go yeah. to my other friends and same for me. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. Okay. And that was fun though. <laughs> yeah. 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 So yeah. Go, or you go to a Catholic, like I'm from a Catholic family, okay. but if I went to a super Catholic friend's house or an Irish Catholic friend's, I was always loads of uh, pictures of Jesus and Mary and everything everywhere. Right. Mm. So yeah. Amazing. <laughs> So what is free diving? <laughs> can you well, describe it to us? Well, free diving is not how deep you go or how long you can hold. No, free diving is just hold the breath and go underwater. So if you do that on your bathtub, that's already free diving. So, and then also before we were born, we were in the mother's big ocean mm. and we were free diving. Okay. <laughs> right? Yeah, with, with some help. <laughs> with some mama oxygen help. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that. So how do you then develop the skill of free diving? I mean, it sounds like to you it came quite naturally, but how does one develop that skill? Because, you know, obviously when I'm out in the ocean and stuff, I don't like scuba diving. Mm. I have done it. I've got my paddy and everything, but yep. it hurts my ears. Right. Right. So, so it's just and also for some reason, I don't know why when I'm scuba diving, I can never get my levels right on. The, so I'm always, <laughs> yeah, so I'm always like, well, ah! <laughs> and my body's always pulling me back or like and then I'm like then I let out too much oh! <laughs> so I'm always up and down but, right, um, right, I'm right. sure I'm yo -yo, sure yo -yo, right? yeah like exactly like a yo-yo but if I tried that again I love yeah. snorkeling mm. and um so mm. when I'm snorkeling I try um yeah. because I know you as well it's mm -hmm. like and, be and um because of the um of course we're in Japan so the pearl diving and right. the um shellfish divers, yeah. divers ladies um they're pretty amazing too yes so I'm always kind of trying mm -hmm. but it's so hard that I need to get my technique off mm -hmm. so I'm genuinely into because I'm always thinking how does I do it how does one develop this skill right to a not feel like your head's being crushed because mm -hmm. of the yeah pressure yeah. pressure yeah and also like I'll be like and they go down and then I'm like, ah, <laughs> trying to get up to the surface. Right. So anyway, how does one develop the skill of freediving? Well, there are schools. Uh-huh. There is freediving school. Mm -hmm. And then I think it's the best way to start mm -hmm. because it's easy to get the bad customs. And once you have the bad habit, it's so hard to it's get right. rid of it. Yeah. yeah. And then also ocean is not controlled swimming pool. So it's, it's better though so that you know the right technique and the you know right way to breathe and right way to be in the water or what you have to a lot so yeah and then also that's how I started my freediving I was in the freediving school I see that that's really good mm -hmm. so always learning from experts and masters and people who Here already, you go. yeah yeah so it's and the internet they're not always true uh -huh. You know, everybody says they're from their experience. Maybe for them it works, 
but maybe that's not correct. So yeah. So you have to be careful mm. and be mindful of mm. where you're learning this mm -hmm. stuff from. Love that. Love that. Same for anything, actually. Same for yeah. coaches as well. <laughs> so what would be the top three kind of just technical things that one has to remember when you're free diving? One, I think 90% is here. Wow. Okay. So more than physical. Uh -huh. You must be calm yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's it. Okay, <laughs> that's it. That's all, all three points. Brilliant. <laughs> and then also that the breathing, the air. Actually, we only use twenty percent of all the air that you take in. So, and then also the last breath are not the most important breath because in two breath, your body are already oxygenated. So even though you take a big breath on the last. It doesn't really help because within that, you only use 20%. And then also if you breathe a lot on the last breath, that keeps you staying up, you know, that buoyancy, right? Because it's air. Mm. So it actually makes it much harder to get Down. in. Yeah. So everything you must do kind of opposite that you thought you should do. Yeah. yeah. So just keep calm and then do a few breaths because you want to calm yourself. And then naturally take a bit deep breath, the last, and then you just go down. And let the breath out. If it's shallow. Right. Because this is so great. This is making the BSc, <laughs> my biology degree is kicking into action here because it's a lot about physiology. Mm. But then that calmness in the brain is so important because if you are like yeah. afraid, of course yeah. you use sure. more oxygen, right? Yes, yes, yes. And then also there, there is a study, right? That when you have negative thought, you use more oxygen. Oh, wow. Mm. Okay. That's interesting. Mm. That study. Okay. I'll, I'll try and find that study. Mm. Negative thoughts use more oxygen. Yeah. And mm. if I can find it, I'll link to it. Mm. The other thing that is always good to remember, and I had to, like, I taught my husband to not swim. He already kind of knew how to swim, but he couldn't float. Okay. So I taught him how to float. And it's always to remember, like, we're a balloon. Yeah. A human is a balloon. And that's that. So just the law of physics say that we're going to float. So then you have to kind of let some of the balloon out if you want to go lower. Right. Yes. Right. Yeah. yeah. It is indeed. Beautiful. So how does it feel when you're free diving? Calm, I think. Calmness. Mm -hmm. And then you are you, you know, and the you and the nature around. Yeah. And I don't know, because I, I don't really think in the water. Yeah. But I feel right, you know, I feel correct. Is it like being an animal? Like you've got, you, you have to be on your instincts. Yeah, I mean, we I are animals, so. obviously. Yeah, but... yeah, 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 I think so. Uh huh. Yeah. It's just become second nature to you now, mm -hmm. or first nature, maybe. For, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, in your TED talk, and I was lucky enough as well because you were a keynote speaker at the Few Japan Career mm. Strategies Seminar in 2015 or 16. Right. Where we met, actually. Yeah. I was the MC. And I just loved how you were like, look at me, a tiny little Japanese woman. <laughs> like, this is literally how you sold it. Like, and I am the Guinness Book <laughs> record holder. And I just loved that. So just tell me a bit more about that, like how badass you feel. <laughs> Right. So, you know, to do what I do, I have to be someone mm -hmm. because otherwise I'm just a freediver yes. and then no one really cares. Yeah. 
So, okay, uh -huh. to be someone, what can I do? There were, you know, those uh, uh, competitions to go deep, but they're already done, you know, many other people, right? Ah. That's why I got this idea of Guinness record, world record, that if I do something first in the world, people can break it, but cannot be the first because I took it. That's how the idea came from. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. So that one with Finns was the first woman in the world and without Finns was the first human in the world. It sounds amazing, but, you know, there were not so many crazy people. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, it does because it, it's dangerous. <laughs> well, not for you, obviously, but to me, like no. I said, every time I watch it, and of course I rewatched it to, to prepare for this as well, and then I get my friends to watch it, and I'm like, come on! <laughs> go on, go on! <laughs> and of course, there's loads of people there yes, and, yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Where was that, by the way? In that, Mexico. In Mexico, yes. and that was the cave dive, so they're down in a cave, and the water's quite shallow, but you go along yes. like this. Yeah, but we prepared everything by ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I tried to get the sponsors, but obviously I was, you know, nobody, and then little <laughs> girl lady, that no one really believed what I was saying. So I was like, I am clear that I want to do, but I do not want to give up because there were lack of money. So mm. I was like, okay, okay, let's think this way, no? That I buy the car and then I crash on the same day. That's it. So I just used my money and I just did it. Love it. So, because yeah. I was going to ask you, how did you fund yourself? But you just used the money. Yeah. And I remember you saying to me when I bought this photograph as well, you said, Sarah, money is flow. <laughs> she's a really good saleswoman <laughs> and I was like yeah but it's true and I still get to decide it's like she's not a magician <laughs> but he said that with a lot of love in his heart yeah. and a smile on his face yeah. he, thinking oh that's amazing <laughs> but you also believe that yeah and I love that as well I often say that like it's like um Christmas dinner mm -hmm. or like uh sand sculptures uh-huh you spend ages making this beautiful thing and then the sea takes it away right or whoever makes the Christmas dinner spends like hours yeah. and hours, days, weeks, maybe months yeah. preparing this beautiful feast mm -hmm. that goes in half an hour, yeah. you know? <laughs> right. Same thing, right? Yes, same it's thing. It's just that kind of luxurious kind of, mm. it's using our resources somehow, isn't it? For, for something really spiritual and beautiful. Right. And you did mention there, it's like, in order to do what I do, I needed to be the first mm -hmm. or the something. Someone, or, yes. So you needed to be someone. Mm -hmm. So what is it that you want to do? What is it that you do? Well, the base of my message is that we are part of this planet. Yeah. And we are not the owner. So as being a part, what can we do? Mm. So I don't have the answer. So I'm searching also together. And, you know, many people does from many different places. So as I feel that my place is underwater, and then I have this connection, I share that from underwater. Mm, love that, love mm. that. And of course, you do do some really like straightforward kind of collaborations with people like the guys at My Mizu. Mm -hmm. Ah, okay. This so is the bottle collaborate with my Mizu. So why don't you tell us about that, my Mizu? That, so who is my Mizu and what do they do? I should interview them actually. 
Yes. Should. Yes, yes. for sure. <laughs> I I'll introduce you. I'm going yeah. to put them. I think I know them. Do you know them? Yeah. Okay, perfect. Yeah. So the good thing of what I do is I'm not just blah, blah, blah. I have, you know, the pictures and, you know, the images that, you know, helps me. That says that, you know, what I say is what I do. So from my pictures or the images that I am in, it's not to show off who I am, but I wanted people to feel the connection mm-hmm. and to inspire, you know, like at the seed, you know, that, you know, open their heart because to change something, one must change from the heart, mm-hmm. not by thinking it. <laughs> That's why it doesn't matter if they speak our language or not. Because, you know, that goes direct to the heart, right? So anyway, with my Mizu, what I do is kind of like inspirational talk or the things. And then when people hear, they want to do something, but I'm not giving them the solution. And that's why it's good to have with my Mizu. What they do is they have a free application to share where they can recharge their the bottle with the free water and stuff because before uh, even though people bringing their own bottle if they drunk their water or whatever they must buy yeah go to the vending machine or yes. to the convenience store yes. and buy another yes. pet bottle yes because there are not uh, many places that where you can refill your bottle yeah so the my Mizu did this application that you know wherever you are they are showing where you can refill for free absolutely brilliant isn't it so basically you get like a google maps kind of thing mm-hmm. and it shows you where the water fountains are that you yeah. can go and recharge or fill up your your yeah. um thing your and bottle. this is this is one of your photographs right yes yes coral coral yes it, just yes, look, yes. At the, look at that look how beautiful that is yes. it's so abstract yeah. and it's actually got the my mizu times Aitake yes 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 on there so you know i start like I inspire people mm-hmm. and then the my music bring them you know as a movement no yeah I, I mean I love this because of course there's a very practical side to my music that's a good idea mm-hmm. but when you're talking about the heart connection and that is what my whole podcast is about actually mm. it's about oh I've got I've got goosebumps mm-hmm. I've got FBGs <laughs> full body goosebumps you all you all know what I'm talking about there yes, if you listen yes <laughs> It's these stories. I think the stories are so important. Storytelling is so important and that makes the heart connection. I mean, I can teach coaching. I can tell you about coaching. I can download about psychology and biology and so on. Mm -hmm. But actually, when I listen to somebody like yourself and put it all together, like, you know, where does your money come from? And you're like, I just treat it like a car that gets crashed on the same day. Right. (laughs) It's like, or that's amazing. That's really good to me. How did you get to be this way? Like, how did you get to be so bold and so brave? Oh, it's because you went to an international school when you were younger and that made you have this very different kind of attitude and outlook. Open-minded. Yeah, and opened your mind up to everything and made you see where the emperor's new clothes kind of stories mm-hmm. were as well. But there's also something that I try to do as well is to kind of treasure the culture that I'm in as well for what it is, while at the same time, you know, coaching. And mm-hmm. I just think it's so important storytelling is so important that mind heart connection is so important intuition we talked about intuition instinct inspiration that is what brings stuff alive for people so when you're going and charging your uh, bottle bottle, your 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 recycling bottle you may be thinking about i 
and you may be thinking about Robin and you may be thinking about those people and how brilliant they are and you may have an idea of your own while you're doing that or you may just be so grateful to the water or you may be thinking about the ocean mm. and these are the things that really kind of set us off right yeah, yeah. yes totally totally yeah totally. <laughs> <laughs> and that other thing as well, I think is really important is a lot of people are so afraid of showing off or being seen to show off. Right. I know that's been something that's held me back a lot, mm -hmm. but like understanding that there is a reason and a connection for why we are so like, I am doing this. Right. I do this. Yeah. And assuming positive intention in that way as well. Right. Yeah. True. True. You know, these days I more and more, I feel it's really important to share yeah. to the people that you know it's important to love myself yeah you know care yourself because if you cannot do to yourself trust yourself you know if you cannot do to yourself how can you make the others to do so yeah you know to the world to their nature to whatever you know yeah so i think that trust is the most important part also and love and we're entering that realm that you find underwater and that I call there's a space in between thinking and speaking, mm -hmm. which is whatever you want to call it. Some people call it magic. Some people call it intuition. Some people call it instinct, mm. but it's that you can't put your fingers on it. There's certain areas of science which make fantastic explanations for the things we can't see, like in physics or mm. in chemistry. We know about atoms and so on, but we can't mm. see it with the naked eye. So that's right. one part of it. But there's also that kind of human experience that we have, which is connected to animals and trees and so on. Mm. That's why I live where I live now. If you can see me looking out the window, it's because I'm always looking at the hills, <laughs> like always right. looking at the hills in the sky yeah. um, is, um, you know, that there's something that happens beyond that and we're entering there so we need mm. to bring ourselves back right. <laughs> <laughs> yes 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 because we could sit here nodding at each yeah. other now and kind of communicating between yeah, things right right so yeah but yes i remember that and then also the important thing is that we are all different yes but yes we live in this society so you cannot be selfish yes be apart but you are different you know yeah we, we are all different so it's okay if your friend are not doing what you do but if you believe in it please keep doing it mm. and you don't have to share that though no 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 the most important thing is you're doing what you're doing on the back end right that you're doing what you're doing in your authentic yes. genuine self yes. it doesn't always have to be no no and no. it can be and ready yeah and then if you're happy with yeah. that yourself yeah then please keep doing it yeah yeah oh i love it i mm. love that so much and it's a really good reminder because you know in these days of social media we're constantly showing what we're doing right i mean and that's one way to do things as well there are many ways to lead a life right. that's what you said we're all different and that's yeah. what i think as well it's like that that's why i do this that's why i do what i do right. that's why i'm a coach to help people to be more and more of the many ways that they right. lead their own lives. Right. And confident themselves. Right? Yeah. And just loving towards themselves because there are so many messages that tell you not to do that right. or not to be that way. I actually find in Japan, as long as you live within certain rules, there's a lot of flexibility. Mm. So I pay my taxes. I do all of that good stuff. Mm. I, you know, I'm registered for everything. I, I try my best to be a good citizen. Like I don't have barbecues out here because everybody puts their bed clothes out, their futons out right. to air and stuff like that, you know, mm. that I might not think about that, you know, I find my place. Obviously I'm always right. a foreigner, but I find my place in that. Mm. Right, yeah. Right, right. 
So interesting. <laughs> so I have a question here. What does it take to be a world-class athlete? But I think you've already kind of mentioned that. But at the same time, I think there's a level of dedication. Right. So tell me a bit more about that. Well, I'm not sure if I'm athlete or not, <laughs> but I... Uh, I think so. I think it, that's one label we can give you. Right. I think you're probably more like a spirit, but, um, um, right. but from my way of thinking, an athlete yeah. is somebody who gets to the top of their physical game. Mm. And of course, there's the mind-body connection and right. whatever you're working with. Like if you're a pole vaulter, it's about like air, mm. moving through air, mm. you know, there's like how you launch off your feet. So mm. there's physics involved. Of course, oxygen. If you're a marathon runner, it's all the same. Right. But there's something, mm. there's something that connects all world-class athletes. I used to play badminton when I was younger. Okay. But I only got to a certain level mm. because I didn't have that, whatever it was to get to the next level. Right. So what is I it? think that's a mental state. Oh, 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 oh <laughs> yes. Because, you know, let's say the Olympic athletes, yeah. I think they're all good, almost all same level. So what makes you zero comma zero zero zero, you know, too faster or not is your mindset. If you are in your zone and then just keep going or if you, because I heard from trainer, right? Like a swimmer, if you just look on the side, that's it, yeah. you lose. So just, you know, concentrate on yourself and just keep doing it. But for me, Obviously, I think for everybody, it's the same. But, you know, you use body, right? Not for just freediving, but just, you know, for work and for everything. So you have to have in a good condition. Otherwise, yeah. you cannot work. Yeah. You cannot do anything. You cannot live. So I keep my body in a good condition. So I do that training every morning. What do you do? I have personal trainer. Mm -hmm. So I do whatever he says. And I keep doing it. First, when I started, I was like, nah, you know, because I was traveling a lot. And then, you know, I went on the countries. There was not so many spaces. Sometimes I was in the boat for one, one month. So there was no space. So I was not quite doing it. But then after a month, when I went back to Japan and I went to the training, he just, you know, like touched my body and he says, I, you didn't do it. Oh. <laughs> So since then, I'm by myself, but I feel that he's looking at me. So since then, like, it's been maybe, I don't know, six, seven, eight years that I'm doing it every day. So if I have to leave, let's say five in the morning, I wake up at two and I do it, but I do it. Because if you make a day, exceptional day, then your laziness will win, right? so that's the story of my life every day is an exceptional day <laughs> so I just do it yeah no matter what yeah okay when I'm on airplane I cannot do it yeah but other than that I just do it you just do it yeah so there's that dedication there and I think May Sawada who was podcast released this week mm -hmm. she does Cirque du Soleil so she does all the silks uh -huh. you know and she just says I just have to keep going and going right. and going and going and just keep going and going and going and like if there's something I want to do and I can't get it and I'm getting frustrated I just have to push through and I'm mm. dedicated and she's just very clear about that right. there's no 
same as you there's no kind of going oh well you know and trying to put yourself down a little bit well you know I'm not that good at it so I have to work really hard none of that she's like oh yeah I have a very flexible body and I love stretching and blah, blah, you know okay good it's so yeah so there's that dedication and the mind body connection as well so that kind of mental resilience to keep going and going and going yeah. and going and going and that's what I believe that you know like mind body and spirit must be in the mm-hmm. the triangle mm-hmm not you know mind is you know more stronger than the others or the body you know it must be yeah and for those people who are my clients they know that in my business I have science psychology and then magic okay (laughs) okay okay. but you could call it spirit as well but I don't kind of want to say I'm spiritual or something like that right I'm not I don't, I don't like to be called well I'm that not way, starting yeah. a cult so <laughs> do you know what I mean yeah <laughs> on your knees <laughs> so um so yeah it's like that science psychology so it's what you just said like body that's for me that kind of like oxygen levels mm-hmm. like there that's a measurable thing right right and then psychology is that mindset piece and then it all intersects right everything intersects and then the piece yeah. in the middle is whatever that is like your authentic self or, mm-hmm. or our animal self or our transcended self or the person who can spend like minutes underwater <laughs> what's the longest you've spent underwater well i did six minutes but I have to say that everybody, we all can do. Yeah. That's the thing. I did it because I had to. Yeah. When I was still learning freediving, my teacher said, you know, you have to, well, you have the ability to do it and you just have to do it. I was like, no, I don't have to. But he was like, you have to do it. So actually he, he put his elbow on my head and he just put me in the water because I'm not the competitor for freediving. No. So I don't care how deep I go or how long I can hold. Yeah. I hold enough and then I go deep enough for what I do. And that's okay. But when I was learning, I had to do that. So like, burning my butt. But anyway, we all can do. Yeah. That's the thing. We all can do. The mind that, no, 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 I cannot. That just closing your possibility amazing there's a certain humility to that because I can imagine people may be triggered by that to think that's quite abusive or something like that but Mm. actually I imagine I that you just have to humble yourself to sensei at that point Mm. and just put your trust in them and be like okay if this is what it takes for me to do the thing (laughs) then I don't know tell me where I'm wrong it feels like you have to be quite humble Mm. I mean you have to be humble to the sea Mm. right because Mm. the sea is more powerful yeah. maybe and more of knowing course. yeah nature yeah <laughs> yeah we cannot do anything do no we? no the sea is better at being the sea than us and this has been having moved down here mm-hmm. being around nature all the time we get like wicked typhoons here right, right? Uh, by the sea and the wind from now till spring the wind in this area is wild so I have to be constantly thinking about that we're mm-hmm. always picking up washing I mean this is really True. simple like yes. washing out of each yes. other's gardens and stuff like that mm. but we often have landslides as well so it's like right. it's much more powerful than us every year people die from getting buried in a landslide that's really a horrible thing to say but it's just true mm. and it's just different things than I had to deal with when I lived in Tokyo right. and things are much more just set up for humans not being in nature right 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 yeah when I do the washing I always check the wind where the yeah. wind comes from because I live really right next to the ocean. So when the wind comes from the ocean, you know, the ocean smells like that. Yeah. <laughs> Seaweed, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So I'll get to there, it's not for me. Yeah, smell like a mermaid. Yeah, and some days yeah. the ocean smells really strange. Mm. Some days the ocean smells like asparagus. And this right. is another weird thing that I've noticed, like, mm. well, I love it so much, is the changing of the seasons and the shifting of the sands. And right. like, yeah, there's just loads of seaweed. Mm-hmm. And then the next day, like when we were in Koshikijima, uh-huh. the sea was just full of gommy for days right. um rubbish yep. trash mm. and we would try and pick it up but we there's no way you could pick it up you're swimming right. and yep. there's crisp packets in your face and the right. water's all yeah m- not clear mm, mm. next day it's just gone right nobody's come and got it the ocean just took it away again right and the water is completely clear that you can see underneath and you can see all the fish are back and mm. the turtles are around right it's it's pretty incredible mm. what's your relationship with the ocean like that how do you like i'm only into year two of this round of living by the the sea mm-hmm. right of course i was raised by the sea when i was younger mm-hmm. so that all well i always you know get this question where is your favorite place to die you know it's the same answer for me is that you know the world is connected by the ocean that's what i feel though and then ocean is always moving so even though the place is famous for the beauty or the clearness of the water, but if there are current that bring the rubbish in, you cannot see anything. And if the place is not so beautiful, but there are days that, you know, they're clear. Mm-hmm. And same thing for fish, you know, that the place like Mediterranean, it's quite uh, marron, how you call it, it's uh, quite uh, brown, brownish. Mm-hmm. So the the fish, their color are brownish. Mm-hmm. But if you go to somewhere colorful, the fish, their color are colorful too, but the same face, you know? Mm-hmm. So, ah, you guys, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and that's where I feel, you know, they connected, all connected, no? Yeah. Yeah. One day, um, embajador, ambassador from Micronesia, he said that, you know, Micronesia, there are many islands, and people think that the ocean divide from one island to the others, but no, actually ocean connect from one to another. And I quite like how he described it. Yeah, and I think that real, like, especially like somewhere like Micronesia or something like that, where the ocean is everything. And these things fascinate me to connect these things. I heard that certain people, they can tell just by the waves right. changing if a boat yeah. is a hundred miles right. or something like that away. Mm-hmm. I know I'm just thinking about the beautiful cartoon called Moana now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because then that that really, it's just that sense of being in constant relationship with the ocean, especially the ocean. Hmm. Okay, so this is kind of like a bit of a kind of (laughs) starry question, but like, have you ever felt like super dangerous? Because, okay. Tell me a few of the animals, yeah. uh, the, the sea creatures that you've, I mean, you were in with sharks, whales, yeah. all this kind of stuff, and you swim with them as though you're one of them. And I think if you go on ifataki.com, you can see her in the water, but you can also see her sometimes being photographed by other people with whales, next to whales, with sharks, et cetera, et cetera. So have you ever felt like you were in danger and how did you get out of it? And secondly, mm-hmm. like what kind of, really super wild kind of transcendent experiences have you had with animals so what i scared the most mm-hmm. is human <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm most scared of myself <laughs> because in nature when something happens there always something before that okay so if you are aware of that then you can, you know, 
just act for that, right? So in the water, I leave my ego on the shore because I, I think ego is the one that kills you in nature. And then also I always be in the water to respect their world because it's their home. And then I'm the visitor. So I try not to get in that, you know, I'm human and then I can do whatever yeah, I want. Yeah, yeah. Not like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then I believe when I uh, respect them, they respect me. So that's how I start to, you know, uh, introduce myself to them and then, you know, all the things. No? And I go in there as I'm the visitor, but also when I do what I do, I be in the water as I'm part of them, as, you know, that's my home. So first, obviously, you know, those animals, they scares me, it scared me or, or they act weirdly, but I tell to them, you know, in my mind that I always live here. If you never see me, maybe your eyes are not good. You have to go to the eye doctor. No? <laughs> and they're like, maybe she's right. <laughs> they start to be natural. So yeah. And that's how I be in the water. And the most memorable thing that I still remember is that, you know, I never had a way to know who I am swimming with, like, you know, they kind of all look same, right? You know, the, the same species. But one time when I was with uh, sperm whales in Dominica, they identified, you know, one and another by the tail. So I could know, even though in nature, that, you know, who I am swimming with. And then, well, the sperm whales, they are the deepest free diver. Mm -hmm. in the world that they go down to 2000 meters and they catch the giant squid and that's the only thing that they eat so when the mother goes down the babies cannot go down so that's the time that i can swim with them so i had swum like three four times with the same how to say brother and sisters maybe and the last day of swimming with them and after 40, 45 minutes, that's the dive time that mothers do. And, you know, they suddenly went to one direction. So I thought, okay, you know, their mother just came up and they go for food. But then one of them stopped and looked back at me. And she or he was like, mm, mm, like this, you know, the food is here. Would you like to come with me? And I was like, Bueno, but I'm not eating giant squid. So I just, you know, I didn't move. So she, he was like, okay, bueno, see you next time. And then they just gone. You think it's in my imagination, no. but that's in the video. So actually that happened. And that made me, huh, you know, I they, how to say, recognize me and then they welcome to their family, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I was just thinking there was a nice big piece of sashimi waiting for you. <laughs> <laughs> right. But it was funny. Sometimes, you know, those palm words, they have that tentacle of the squid. Yeah. Sticking <laughs> out of their yeah. mouth. Oh, no. Like if we get a bit of spinach in our team. <laughs> right. And they're like, girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> funny. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Mm. Have you ever seen a giant squid? No. Okay. No. Yeah. Mm. I find them fascinating. Yeah. I could sometimes go down like holes, you know, Google holes. Uh -huh. And giant squid has been one of those, like oh, really? a whole day. 
just watching and looking and going from thing to thing. Yeah. <laughs> How often do you go in the sea now every day? Or After COVID, it's not, well, uh, as I live right next to the ocean, yeah. so I try to swim every day. Mm-hmm. So I went yesterday. Went. Do you do anything else like stand up paddling or anything? I did, but at the end, it's you know so many things that I have to carry. So yes, I just go by myself. That's why. That's why I just. I mean, in my head, two years ago, I was going to be like, like me too, this me too, in my me head. Too, but then too. I was like, oh my god, I have to get my wetsuit on. I have to go to the. I have to pick up my thing, or I have to go and negotiate to get somewhere to park it, and right. I have to carry it down. Yeah. If it's windy, you like that. And yeah, I'm just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I look at all the wind surface and stand up paddleboarders right. on the beach every day, and I think, wow. You've got so much gambate mass. And I'm just like, mm, I'd rather just put yeah. my bikini on. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm the same. I'm the same. Yeah. I re- okay, here's a really straightforward question. Uh huh. I can't stand putting wetsuits on and taking them off. It uh. drives me insane. And sometimes I even like pull my neck muscles. Right. What's your trick for getting, or, or are you just so, is it just second nature to you now? Yes, second nature. it's my second nature. And also my my, my wetsuits are more flexible, I think. So mm-hmm. it's easier to wear. But the trick is um, a plastic bag. You put your hand on your feet and it get in easily. Oh my God. Mm. Plastic bags are very rare these days. So I'll have to, <laughs> I'll have to look out for. <laughs> yeah, or, or baby powder. Okay, good to but, know. But plastic but bags better. Yeah. 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 Oh my God. So good. All right. I'll be keeping the ones that come on the toilet roll from now on. <laughs> Help me to get in and out. Okay. I'm just interested in this because so many people have been like fascinated by Wim Hof. So he's the guy who does like the ice training where yeah. you get in really cold water and he's yeah. climbed Mount Everest in a pair of shorts and all this kind of stuff. Obviously he's also, he's a bit like I on another different level, but of course then everybody comes in behind him and the wellness industry picks up on it right i'm interested to know about your journey with wim hof right so before you never heard of anything before but suddenly you know there are many people tells you things no and then for me that is like oh maybe i have to look at that and one of them was wim hof yes like suddenly from one day to another many different friends told me about wim hof yeah and they're like you should you know like train with him and stuff I don't know but then I was like well if that much of people you know telling me maybe that's something I have to do you know follow the intuition also so I went uh, his uh, workshop it was in Spain it was summer so at least that was not that bad you know outside and then did this ice bath training and it was interesting and then at the end, it's all about mind, mindset. Yes, yes, yes. So it was interesting. It was great training. And then also there I shared what I do and then what I want to do and stuff. And then Wim, he fascinated. And he was like, whatever I can do, I help you. And then also, you know, um, before that, I went places where the water was not so cold. But... I kind of started to go under ice or, you know, like a places that are much colder. And then I hate cold weather. Mm-hmm. And so I was always in like that, but maybe I have to overcome, you know, that thing. So that was another reason why I went to Wim Hof also. 
So yes, I went to Poland winter, and then also I did this the underwater because it's not just ice bath, no. Where I should be is underwater. So I did the training, iced water, you know, just with the bikini, <laughs> holding a breath, staying one place, and then another one is swimming. And then, yeah, walked in the iced mountain with just a pair, you know, like t-shirts and shorts. So the moment is okay. But the critical part, the hardest part is when you finish. Because when you are on, I think your adrenaline is also on and then you will keep moving. So your body, your blood is also moving, right? But then when you finish and when you relax, all those cold blood, goes back to your heart, right? So the coldness is from inside. So even though you drink hot tea or even though you wear all the warm clothes, it's not from outside. It's from really inside. So you're just like shivering and shaking and that part, you cannot do anything. What you have to do is you just have to breathe. You just have to keep breathing. Mm. so that was interesting and it's great to meet him in person and he's such a positive person and yeah. he's such a powerful you know yeah we can do you know <laughs> <laughs> he seems quite eccentric yeah he is and he i is. think he lost his wife as well i think his wife died from suicide if i'm right. not if yeah. i'm not I mistaken think so. I think so, yeah. so he's got this kind of right yeah 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 this kind of motivation right, as well right, which right. is really interesting yeah all right so i think we're kind of coming to the end so what's next what's, what's next? next i i don't know but well i always say to anybody to to the other to the company well, whoever please bring me back to the water so that i bring everything that you know they want and then i share you know but i must be in the water it's been too long to be on land and i am healthy and that I'm still strong, I must be in the water. Because I would like to share the stories that they want to tell. It's not about me, it's about them. Mm. So my photographs, they are not, look what I've done. It's mm. not, you know, I click the shutter, or, or how you call it, mm -hmm. the shutter, when they say now, you know, when they want me to click. So it's their story. That's another reason why my pictures are black and white. Mm. Just taking out the color and the information of the color, the story comes up, I think. Mm. And then each one can feel different way. It's not one or another. And I wanted to have this connection no, with, the, uh, with the underwater world. So I would like to do more because whatever I do online is sharing what I've done in the water. So if I'm not in the water, I cannot share anything here only. So please bring me back to the water. <laughs> That's beautiful. Where can people find you, I? On Instagram. I Futaki. Yes, easy. We'll link below. Um, her photographs are beautiful. How can people buy your photographs? Just send me a message. Okay, because there's ifutaki.com and her gallery is on there as well. So you can send a message. Um, I treasure and cherish my photographs. If I, if I could, I would buy all of them, but <laughs> I'm, I'm given budgets by my CFO, yeah. AKA my husband. <laughs> so uh, my final question to everybody, I is there are many ways to lead a life. What does that mean to you? Intuition, I think. 
and mm. believe in yourself. Beautiful. <laughs> Thank you, I. What an absolutely terrific, terrific <laughs> day today. Thank you. It's been so lovely to hear you talking about the connection and the way that we're all connected to nature and the mm. way that we're part of the ocean. And that humility that we have to have and leaving our ego on the shore, whatever that means to us, I'm certainly going to be thinking about that and how I can connect more to that, connect more to nature and put myself more into nature and um, the connection to the underwater world, whatever your underwater world is as well, mm -hmm. how you can do that. Yeah. And sharing the stories that people have to tell, there's this humility to this, but and for me, humility and confidence come together. Mm. There's no separation between them. As soon as you humble yourself to everything around you, there's no need for confidence. You're just doing what you do. Right. So you're not worried about showing off your photographs or being seen to be this way or that way. You're just showing up in the world. There's nothing performative about it. Everything is designed for you to, to keep that ocean human connection alive and to present that back to the rest of us in humanity. And if that means being the best <laughs> or the Guinness world record holder or training with Wim Hof or doing any of this other stuff, then that's what it takes. So thank you once again, I, this was thank absolutely you. fascinating. I've thank loved you. it. Um, there are many ways to lead a life and everybody has stories and I want to tell them. So thank you so much. And goodbye from me, Sarah Ferruja. <laughs> thank you so much for listening to this latest legend on the Sarah Ferruja Legends podcast. Hop over to sarahferruja.com where you can find the full complement of uh, Legends interviews and conversations. Also, you can like and subscribe over on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. I absolutely love these interviews and these conversations I have with these people. I don't care about subscribers, if I'm absolutely honest. It just helps to get more people over to listen to these fantastic people. I cannot wait for my next interview. I really hope you can get stuck in and find some juice and some delightful little nugget of knowledge or encouragement from these that will help you to create your story and to take your story forward and to weave and dream up and high dream your own story. Buoyed up by the stories of these people, I would call them ordinary, they're not, but these people, these beautiful legends who I've selected to help you on your way and to help me on my way. So please enjoy, share, subscribe. My Facebook page is Sarah Faruya Coaching. My Instagram page is at Sarah Faruya Coaching too. So get into it. Thanks. Bye.